0: respectfully 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 i'm a melanated therapist Welcome in and welcome home family. I'm Rade.
1: I'm Dimitrik, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction.
0: Thank you. So, hey fam. So this episode today is about self-improvement. Self-improvement is the improvement of one's knowledge, status, or character by one's own efforts. It's all about being intentional about growth through use of mindfulness, self-care,
1: and self-love. Awesome. So, you know, I want to talk about mindfulness, which is a component of self-improvement or it can be a component of self-improvement in in your daily life and mindfulness is maintaining a moment-by-moment awareness of our thoughts feelings bodily sensations and surrounding environment through a gentle nurturing lens so that basically means being in the here and now making sure that you're Mm -hmm. focusing on you know your experience currently Not necessarily, you know, reflecting on the past or allowing past things to impact your current situation, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, Right. There are seven key attitudes of mindfulness that I'm going to share with you all. The first one is non-judging, which calls for you to be an impartial witness to your own experience and become aware of the constant stream of judging from an internal and external perspective. The next one is patience, which is a form of wisdom and demonstrates that we accept the fact that things sometimes unfold in their own time. The next one is beginner's mind, which calls for you to remain open and curious and allows us to be receptive to new possibilities and prevents us from getting stuck in unproductive habits and behaviors. The next one is trust, which calls for you to develop a basic trust with yourself and your feelings and know that it is okay to make mistakes. Personally, whenever I make a mistake, I accept it was a mistake and then I change my perspective to look at it as a learning opportunity to ensure I don't beat myself up about it. Um, The next attitude is non-striving. And the goal of this attitude is to be with or be present with yourself in the here and now, which I kind of talked about a little bit earlier, and paying attention to what is unfolding around you without trying to change anything. The next one is acceptance. Acceptance which calls for you to see things as they are and sets the stage for acting appropriately no matter what is happening around you. And then the final attitude is letting go. And this one calls for you to pay attention to your internal experience, which allows you to discover that there are certain thoughts, emotions, and situations that the mind wants us to hold on to. And, you know, ultimately you want your experience to be what it is in the here and now.
0: Oh, thanks for that. I think that's a great way to set us off, letting us know, like, What the seven attitudes are before we move into some mindfulness techniques though that I'll share with you guys. Dimitri, what is your like top two or three key attitudes of mindfulness that like you feel like you lean into the most?
1: Ooh. Patience. Oh, Lord, patience and not just patience (laughs) with with people and what's going on around me, but patience with myself to understand that I'm human and that, you know, Mm -hmm. there are, you know, I'm constantly evolving and that it's okay to make mistakes and being patient with myself when I may not be doing things the way I feel like they should be done. You know, kind of going back Mm -hmm. to some of the things that you referred to in our last podcast. Um, The next one would be trust. You know, trusting myself to be the best that I could be at any given time, giving, you know, 110 mm-hmm. percent, as they say. Um, and then making sure that, um, like I said before, that I accept mistakes for what they are, but I don't dwell on the fact that I made a mistake, more so looking at it as a learning opportunity to do something different the next time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and yeah. lastly, this is a big one. Um and I won't say that I lean into it the most, but I will say that I am doing my best to lean into this one the most because this has been a very um, difficult thing for me to do in the past, which is letting go. And mm-hmm. when I say letting go, I mean anything, it, you know, anytime, yeah. basically anytime I feel like there's been an injustice to me, then, you know, <laughs> on any level, then I feel like, okay. I have difficulty letting go, but I think that one is the one that I am doing my best to lean into the most because I know that that's a big area of improvement for me. And I feel that, you know, ultimately, I want to make sure that, you know, I accept my past and understand that it's a part of my history, but not getting stuck in a cycle of allowing that past to impact how I show up and interact with the world that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. How about you?
0: Um, yeah, I should have thought of my answer when I asked you this question, huh? So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think the ones that I lean into the most are non-judging and maybe I'll say trust. Um, And those two, because I tend to, I, I try to make sure I create a safe space for my own experience and other people's as well. Like I just feel like we kind of live in a world where we make everything seem so taboo. And then we talk to someone and we're like, oh Mm -hmm. crap, like you're actually experiencing the same thing that I am. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to create that like safe space for myself to be able to say like, yeah, I have my perks and I have my things, but this is just who I am. And I'm mindful of that. And then in addition to that, Um, also the acceptance is just kind of being aligned with things are happening for a reason. So being present for them and not trying to change them just because they're happening in a way that I probably didn't expect them to happen Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or probably plan for them to happen. The Mm -hmm. last one that I think that I try to lean into and I'm working on is patience,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I have plans for everything, and I'm <laughs> and I can see it, and I can uh, and I can dream it up, and all of these things, and mm-hmm. and then I just want to get there, right? Yeah. And so I'm really trying to focus more on being present. And we've talked about this in a previous podcast of being present and being able to, um, just kind of take a step back rather than rushing to the next thing and just appreciating the moment.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And I think you made a good point about showing up and being present. And that requires you to show up for yourself, not just everything and everyone around you. So good stuff right there. Good stuff. And that was a great question you asked. I, and I wasn't expecting it, girl. You put me on blast with my own with my <laughs> self-improvement. Now I, I may have wanted to keep that one to myself. No, I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> well, raw and real is what we doing. Period. <laughs> all right you guys so some mindful techniques we want to talk to you about so there are a couple of different examples that we want to share with you today um some of them are calming apps like there's actually an app called calm where i think that one focuses on um different stories at night that you can listen to Mm -hmm. some meditation um facilitation things like that um the next one is silent meditation. This is when you simply sit in your own silence and you redirect your thoughts to them being accepting and regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, it also puts you in a space where you can allow your thoughts to come, welcome those thoughts and emotions to exist, and then allow them to leave, right? And just kind of paying attention to that. Um Another one is mindful listening. This looks like active listening as well. This could be to music. This could be to a person um, when you're actually being intentional about being present in the moment um, as you're receiving information. Um, The next one is deep breathing. I love to offer this one to my clients. It's called um, elongating the exhale. This is where you take four deep breaths Um, In through your nose and out through your mouth for four seconds. And the reason that this one is so helpful to many people is because it offers you the space to actually release all of the breath that you're holding inside. When we're doing like our normal breathing, uh, just that very uh, subconscious breathing that we do in day-to-day life, um, we're not doing that. And so this puts some intentionality behind actually taking a deep breath and letting go of anything that you're holding on to. Uh, Journaling could be helpful. Body scans. So just kind of relaxing your muscles and paying attention to each part of the body to relax them and recognize what they're doing. So sometimes we can be holding tension in some areas and that gives you a good moment to release it. A uh, walking meditation that looks like taking about 16 to 25 minutes. I know 16 so specific, but 16 to 25 minutes to simply walk and observe what's going on around you. Um, another one is vocal med- meditation. So having an affirmation that you may say and continuously repeat it. So the idea is to make a habit of these practices. And you have to practice it, though, in order for it to be a habit. hmm Um, okay, I have two more for you guys or three more for you guys. So another one is stop. So this is where you stop what you're doing, take a breath, observe your thoughts and feelings and emotions and proceed with something that will be healthy and safe for you in that moment. Next is five, four, three, two, one. So it's where you utilize your senses and you observe what's happening in the moment. So you identify five things that you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing that you actually like about yourself. I love this one because it gives you a moment to get back in tune with what what's actually going on around you and get Mm -hmm. out of your head. Um, Last one I have for you is transitional periods, and so this is a really cool one that I like to use when I'm coming home from like work or things like that, um, which is being intentional about getting out of my head about whatever experience I was just in and transitioning to the next experience. So if I'm leaving work, I'm leaving work at work and I'm not taking it home. And on my car ride home, I may be intentional about paying attention to what I'm seeing outside, whatever podcast I may be listening to, music I may be listening to, so that when I'm home, I'm not so carrying the weight of the emotional, mental exhaustion from work. So those are some of the mindfulness techniques that I love and cherish, and I hope they can be useful to some of you.
1: Awesome. Good stuff, Roday. Listen, that transitional period, that was the biggest component in my uh, me learning how to separate work from home. And mm-hmm. what I used to do is... Basically, I used to work at a local university and it was a large campus. So basically, from the time I would walk out of the office till I got in my car and drove to this certain stoplight or intersection, I would give myself the opportunity to think about work and decompress or think about what I was going to decompress from work in a way that I would think about, you know, how I'm going to plan my day for the next day, what some things I'm going Mm -hmm. to do work related. But as soon as I cross over that intersection, it's done. Like that was yep. my, my conscious, um, intent of making sure that I stopped thinking about work and I would cut my music up. I would sing along and that would really help me, um, the rest of the drive home, it would really help like me kind of decompress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, um... Have struggled
0: with sometimes committing to my transitional period. Mm -hmm. And so if I notice myself talking about work once I'm home, I'll be intentional about creating another transitional period, like going to take a shower and creating that safe space for me to kind of let go of those things, refocus on maybe what do I want to have for dinner, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are me and my partner are going to probably talk about or watch or go on a date and do, um, and just kind of rearrange that focus. So,
1: yeah. Cool. Cool. So I have a question for you. So Mm -hmm. out of the, the techniques that you provided us, which ones do you engage in the most?
0: Yeah, so the ones I engage in the most now are the transitional periods. Um, And now that I'm really working from home more of the time, my transitional periods look more like me getting up from my desk and not working in my bedroom, maybe. Um, Getting up to walk around or turning off all the lights, you know, different things like that, to just kind of close out everything, closing Mm -hmm. my laptop, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, another one that I use quite often is elongating the exhale. Um, I've tried to be very, very intentional about slowing myself down. One that I didn't say is, um, or two that I didn't say is guided imageries. I really like them, especially a lot of my clients, if they're hearing this, they're going to be laughing because I love to do these. (laughs) And it's, um, being able to kind of imagine everything in your hands and then just dropping it. Um, or putting everything that's overwhelming you, or you just don't want to deal with all that kind of stuff into an empty container and putting it in a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to do that as well as drink tea. So the reason this may not seem like a grounding exercise for so many people, but let me explain. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens here is that when you're drinking something hot, you have to be intentional about bringing it up to your mouth and Mm -hmm. not burning yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so when having tea, it creates a really good grounding experience or technique because or a mindful technique because it puts you in a position to subconsciously slow your body down. So it slows down your heart rate, it slows down Mm. your mind, it slows down your body without you actually having to be intentional about doing it because you have that instinct to not want to burn yourself anyway. So that's another one I use. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when you when you brought up the tea thing, it made me think back to when we were in graduate school, and you remember how um, I'm trying to think what class it was in, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But they talked about mindful eating, and we were like, "What? Mm. Like, listen, why would I do that? <laughs> like, I'm just you know trying to get my meal and eat and <laughs> keep it moving." Right. But you know, um, our professor um, had us try it, and it is quite a different experience. Mind, eat, yeah. being mindful while you're eating like what is it the texture what does it taste like you know maybe not chewing your food as fast as you normally would but chewing it slowly and being more intentional um, but yeah it, it made me think of that but as far yeah. as
0: mindful eating just <laughs> It's always been so awkward to me, but I think yes. it definitely works for some people. What were you going to say? Like? You're saying as no. far as what?
1: Yeah, but I don't do it because, honey, I'm, I'm eating with a with intentions to get full. Right. So. <laughs> <Bro. laughs> <laughs> But like you say, it may work for some people. But I was going to say, uh, based on the techniques that you provided, some of the ones that I engage in um, is, you know, deep breathing. Now, I do one a little different than the elongating exhale, but I have done that one in the past and it is helpful. Um, The one that I do now is basically you breathe in, you inhale through your nose until your body stops you, hold it for four seconds, and then exhale through your mouth, making like a, a, a light. Part between your lips until your body stops you. And that one usually, um, helps me with my anxiety or when I feel, um, really on edge. Um, another mm-hmm. one that I do is meditation. And um, it's been quite the experience really getting there, because right now I'm more in the guided meditation part, but I want to move to Mm -hmm. the silent meditation part. So that's kind of where I am with that right now. But it is helpful. And then lastly is journaling. I actually... I have two journals <laughs> mm-hmm. and one is real. It's like a prompted journal. So it just kind of, you know, gives you information based on some things that you want to work on and ask you questions about it. And then it also, you know, prompts me to provide three amazing things that happens each day. And the second journal is more freehand, basically covering everything that that prompted journal didn't cover. Like, how am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. What do I need help processing? Um, but yeah, those are the ones that, that I engage in the most and are, you know, the most helpful for me.
0: So let me ask you, because I know meditation is hard. It's something that I also do with like yoga, but I didn't list that as one of our mindfulness techniques here. I know that's it's definitely a craft in and of itself. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: how long did it take you to really get into meditation and feel like it's working for
1: you? Um, It took me about really three months to kind of get comfortable Mm -hmm. in it and um, the biggest struggle that I had was not being able to turn my thoughts off which is actually what you're not supposed to do do. Mm -hmm. you're basically allowed those thoughts to come in and complete but when you recognize that you're drifting off into your thoughts then go back to focusing on your breathing so I think that was the biggest struggle for me but you know it took me about three months for me to really get comfortable with it and to be able to kind of sit in it and and enjoy it and see the impact that it that is made um, in my life and now I'm trying to incorporate it more throughout my day like in one in the morning one midday and then one in the evening because they can be how however long or however short you want them to be as long as you are Mm -hmm. engaging in that activity um, and your intent is to to improve your quality of life in, in some degree
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever started meditations with guided meditation. I think all of my meditations started as being silent. Um, and it also took me about that 60 day, 90 day period to really feel more comfortable in doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, what I recommend to people though, is like to start off slowly. So Mm -hmm. try to meditate for about a minute only. And if that even feels like two months, bring it down to 30 seconds, 45 seconds, mm-hmm. and then slowly start to increase the increments that you're meditating um, and just give yourself time to practice it. Because like Dimitri said, you're not supposed to be turning off your thoughts. You're supposed to be allowing them to complete and then redirect yourself back to your breathing mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you're focusing on. Sometimes people will use a voice or a sound, sorry, like, um, and you mm-hmm. come back and focus on that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, love meditation. I think I had to stop using silent meditation when, like, my partner is around (laughs) because I think it (laughs) freaks him out. (laughs) Yeah, like, he always comes in and he's just like, "Uh, Is everything okay? Or,
2: (laughs) Yeah, everything's
0: good. I'm just meditating and you're interrupting (laughs) me. Anyway. It's, it's really funny but yeah that's cute. really helpful really helpful mindful techniques yeah it's really <laughs> sweet because he just wants to check in with me and i'm i'm like yeah i'm all good just you know having a moment all, all right, right. right so <laughs> go ahead to with okay.
1: steps. <laughs> so, next, so fam next we're gonna talk about self-care and self-love and you know the first thing is okay well what's the difference between self-care and self-love so i'm going to share that with you all so self-care encompasses all of the things that we do to care for ourselves physically emotionally mentally and spiritually if that applies to you and this can be anything from as simple as going to bed at a reasonable time to reading a book or treating yourself to a bubble bath now self-love is the instinct or desire to promote one's own well-being or regard for or love for oneself. Now, self-love is all about unconditionally accepting ourselves for who we are and loving ourselves despite any perceived imperfections. You know, paying close attention to how we talk to ourselves, our feelings about ourselves, and some of our actions. So with that sa- being said, Rade, where are you in your self-care journey?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, self-care. I think I'm pretty far in this journey at this point. I think I have actually become so much better at it than I used to be. Um, As we've Mm kind of talked about in the last uh, episode, just the moments to recharge, um, I have learned my triggers, my stressors of when I'm starting to get burned out and exhausted. Mm -hmm. I remember this was a very... Um, extensive portion of our program, our graduate program, Mm. where it didn't matter what class we were in. It was like, yeah, what are your burnout triggers? Like, (laughs) It was like they were preparing us for what are your compassion fatigue triggers, right? What are those Mm -hmm. stressors? And I've come to learn that it looks like me not giving myself breaks, right? It looks Mm -hmm. like um, when I start to have thoughts about, I don't want to go to work anymore today. I'm not feeling happy with the work I'm doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or when I'm meeting with clients and my thoughts possibly start to drift.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's when I know, or if I start to kind of like glance at the time. Um, those are like some key indicators for me that I'm not really taking care of myself, um, emotionally, mentally, or physically. And so in my self care journey, I try to be intentional about working out every morning. Mm-hmm. Um I switched my diet to being more, uh, vegetarian based, um, and plant based, Mm -hmm. um, you know, drinking a lot more water, less sugars, things like that. Um, and then I think my self care journey starts with my physical health Mm -hmm. before, um, anything else, because I think it trickles down and impacts my mental health and spiritual Mm -hmm. health, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, for self care I also try to be intentional about carving out time to do things that I enjoy mm-hmm. or maintenance things um whether it's going to get my nails done or listening to some music that I really enjoy or watching a show that I like, mm-hmm. but making sure I'm doing things that i I can appreciate too. I don't just seem like numbing, yeah, Absolutely. what about you? Where are you in your self care journey
1: So I wouldn't say I'm an expert but I'm not a novice <laughs> either. <laughs> so I feel like I'm somewhere <laughs> around the average range, but I, I think I've come to accept that, you know, when it comes to, to self-care in my own life, that it's going to be an area w- that's going to constantly continue to evolve for as long as I'm on this earth, you know? Um, You know, the biggest thing for me, um, and the, I guess the biggest struggle for me was really reminding myself that, it's okay to take time for yourself. And as mm-hmm. you know, we talked about, like, we like to keep our plates full. So, you know, I have, a, you know, some difficulties relaxing sometimes because I feel like, okay, this is time wasted. You know, I could be doing this yep. or I could be doing that. And I've really gotten to a good place to where I say, you know what, Demetri, you worked all day. You were actually productive. You can go ahead and jump on this couch and and watch a few episodes. Or you can mm-hmm. go ahead and just lounge here until it's time for you to shower and go to bed. And it's completely okay. Right. It's <laughs> you know? okay. Right. right. So, you know, and it, I also, you know, Schedule, you know, my pedicures every two weeks, and fellas, it's okay to get go ahead and get your little feet done. It's nothing wrong with sure that, is. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because of course your your partner don't want you slicing up their sheets, right? Um, because
0: we want your feet done anyway, honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. So but, but just gonna seriously. throw that out there. But some of the same things you said, like getting into, you know, a, a routine of exercising regularly, you know, cutting some sugar out of my diet, drinking more water. You know, um, you know, Crystal Light has become my friend. of course, the ones that, you know, <laughs> I, I use the ones that are made with uh, green tea and black tea um, because pretty, they don't have any sugar in it. Um, but it is just a little things. You know, kind of like Rade mentioned and, and what I just said that, you know, really make sure that you're, you're taking time for yourself to do the things that take care of you on so many different levels.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that I will add to with uh, self-care is that I have started to become really good about letting people know when I can't do something. Mm-hmm. So or that I am I don't have the capacity to do so mm-hmm. whether that looks like going grocery shopping because I'm just too exhausted and I prefer to engage in the self-care, mm-hmm. I will pass the book to, let's say, my partner or yeah. whatever that looks like. And Absolutely. making sure I'm utilizing my support is a huge part of my self-care. Absolutely. Great okay. point. Thanks. So where are you in your self-love journey?
1: Oh, hmm. that's a good question. It's still a work in progress, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a work in progress. And, you know, kind of like I said before with my self-care journey, I feel like this is a part of me that's going to constantly evolve for as long as I'm here on this earth. But there are a lot of different factors that go into um, self-love and self-worth. You know, I have some childhood trauma and, you know, that childhood trauma has for a long time, really impacted the way that I see myself, the way that I love myself, the way that I care for myself. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, going to therapy has really helped me a lot because it's allowing me to go through and process and heal that trauma that's getting in the way of me fully loving myself or fully caring for myself or Mm -hmm. pouring back into myself the way that I should. And, you know, I have this thing, you know... That has always stuck with me that ultimately, how can you go out into the world looking for people to give you things that you're not even giving to yourself? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I feel like it all starts within. Like, ultimately, all of the things that I seek and I want out of life or, you know, want from a relationship or anything like that, I need to pour into myself so that I'm already whole before I step into a situation with anyone else. Whether that's a friendship yeah. or a, rela- a romantic relationship, because ultimately, you know, what someone else brings to your table should be an addition, not a completion. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah completely agree. Um for a long time I really struggled with self-love. You know, I have a history of some body dysmorphia, right? Like not seeing myself the way I I really looked or the way other people probably perceived me. Mm-hmm. Um and that has impacted a lot of my ability to love myself the way that I am able to love myself let's say now. Mm-hmm. And it has impacted my negative self-talk, right? not Mm -hmm. feeling up to par, not feeling worthless. And the hard part about it was, or sorry, or feeling worthless at times. And the hard part about it was, um, is that what I would do, what I would show on the outside, the masks of myself were filled with confidence and how I have things figured out and that I can, and I'm trusting myself and I'm courageous and all these things mm-hmm. when inside I was experiencing your, everyone else is better than you at this and how we're, what are you going to do to prove yourself? And so I was stuck in a box of always having to try to prove myself, even though I was in competition with no one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, that was like a huge thing for me. And so now being able to look at myself and say, you know what, you are doing a great job. You are Mm -hmm. making sure that you're eating healthy. You are doing the best that you can. You look the best that you can, like all of these things and just pouring back positivity within myself and Mm -hmm. affirming myself rather than Mm -hmm. looking for that validation externally Mm -hmm. has changed my life tremendously. Absolutely. Um, And I think in the past, you know, last episode we were talking about balancing a lifestyle in the past, my busy schedule, I think, also contributed to me wanting people to be impressed by how much I was doing and, again, always trying to prove that I could be good at things. Mm -hmm. When now it's proving to myself that
1: I can be the
0: best me that I can be.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And listen, like you said the last episode, are we the same person or what? But I I so relate (laughs) to that on so many levels of, you know not getting a lot of validation and affirmation growing up except academically. So I threw myself mm-hmm. into my academics because I'm like, you know, this is, comes natural to me. This is easy. And I know I'm going to get validated on every accomplishment, yep. you know, and and I finally got to a place where I realized, you know what, do these things because- you enjoy them. Do these things because yeah. you're validating yourself. You're stopping to smell your roses and not necessarily mm-hmm. to look for external validation, you know, kind of like yeah. you said. Yeah.
0: And I will say, like, that transition for me to go from going to, you're right, it was the academic things, it was, you know, some of my sports things that I could get some accolades for and things mm-hmm. like that. Moving away from, that to I'm doing these because I enjoy these things, even though I enjoyed them, but they also brought me some validation. So moving to things mm-hmm. that like I enjoy these things and not getting the validation for it possibly. Mm-hmm. Um it was really hard because I wanted to be affirmed to know that I was on the right track. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And I had to, it took me having to trust myself um, and trusting that my parents did the best that they could do at that mm-hmm. time, right? And that mm-hmm. they did their their best job that they could to raise me to be the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And I got this, right? It took some, right. it takes some validating of self Absolutely. and self soothing has been a huge part of that too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, but you made a very good point. And because ultimately when you're doing things to seek that external validation, it dilutes or water down to your own experience. And, If you don't get that external validation. So that's why it's so important to pour into yourself so that you can make sure that the things that you're doing, you're doing them out of your own will. You're doing them with the intent to accomplish something for yourself, to make yourself feel good and to affirm yourself that you've gotten something, that you've accomplished something. Um, So question for you, Rade. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of giving yourself grace and allowing for mistakes.
0: Okay. I mean, y'all, I think we've preached this at this point (laughs) in almost, who knows, every episode, who knows. (laughs) But I just feel like it's important because if you don't give yourself grace, then you'll always be towing the line of not ever feeling like you're enough. Mm and Allowing for mistakes allows room for growth, allows Mm -hmm. room for learning and exploration of new ideas and new territory of of people and things. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately what I'll say here is it's important to be intentional about How you perceive your experiences and Mm -hmm. the way that you frame it, the narrative that you carry with it, Mm -hmm. because if it's a negative one, then it's always going to hold you back. You'll always be looking in the rearview mirror or you'll Mm -hmm. always be looking back or walking back to old experiences Mm -hmm. when truth of the matter is, is that it's important to be looking forward with some hindsight. Yeah. So.
1: Awesome. What do you think? Um I completely agree with everything that you said and like you said I think it's it's a matter of remembering and reminding yourself that you're human. No one's perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing I kind of share with my clients when you know who struggle with perfectionism is, you know, they understand the concept of no one's perfect. So, you know, I then then why would we set a unachievable goal for ourselves to try to be perfect?
0: You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: Like you say allowing yourself to giving yourself that grace to understand that you're human and you're not going to always get everything right. And ultimately, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, I think that's highly important. And then allowing yourself to make mistakes. And kind of like I said earlier, you know, what's been helpful for me is accepting that I made a mistake, but then from there, reframing that perspective to say, you know what? This was actually a learning opportunity. So how can I take this situation with me And, you know, for for, you know, future instances where this could possibly be an issue. You know what I mean? How can Mm -hmm. I improve my future self by this experience?
0: Right. Yeah, very true. Hmm, Thanks. All right, you guys. So we are going to move into our therapist hats off segment. Uh, Dimitri, do you have the first question?
1: I do. So the question from one of our listeners is, how do I stop feeling anxious or guilty every time I am trying to be intentional about pouring back into myself?
0: Ooh, okay. So we kind of talked about this and it is remembering that you're human, that you need a moment to recharge. Give yourself a moment. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to not be doing something all the time. We live in a culture where it's like, if you're not doing anything, then you're not doing enough.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: it could just be for that moment. Mm -hmm. And truth of the matter is, is also I think we live in a culture where, especially for minorities, is that if you have downtime, it means you're not being intentional about growing. And it means that you're not being intentional about less making your money or taking care of your responsibilities when that's not usually the case. You need downtime and pouring back into yourself more than you need, uh, just the same amount as you need to be able to make sure you're doing things that are productive and helping you to improve yourself. So be intentional about pouring back into yourself by Affirming yourself and reminding yourself in those moments of anxiety and guilt that it's going to be okay. It's just one day out of the week and you can work on whatever that task is when mm-hmm. you're ready. Right.
1: Great, great response. Um, I completely agree with everything that that you said. And I think the only thing that I would add to it is, you know, reminding yourself that you deserve to be poured into, that you deserve to take that time for yourself, that you're worthy of having that time for yourself. Um, There's a metaphor that I like to use regarding self-care. And, you know, when you get on the airplane and you sit down and you buckle yourself up and before takeoff, the stewardess, they stand up and they give you all of these rules and, you know, what to do in case of an emergency. And they tell you that in the event of an emergency and the mask falls down from the top cabin that you are to put your mask on first before you attempt to put someone else's mask on and for me that to me that embodies what self-care is all about is ultimately we constantly give ourselves to things around us on a regular basis whether it's to an employer whether it's to a child a friend a romantic partner so we're constantly taking making withdrawals from our our love pot or our love account Um, so if you constantly make withdrawals and you never deposit, you're going to go bankrupt. You know what I mean? So how can you truly be there for someone else, care for someone else, or love someone else when you're not doing the same for yourself? So next question
0: from a listener is, how do you recognize something in yourself that requires self-improvement?
1: Ooh, that is a big question. Great question, but a big question. Um, For me... It's all about self awareness and self reflection, constantly checking mm-hmm. in with yourself emotionally when you're faced with situations that that you're feeling things other than joy or happiness, you know examining those things like, okay, well, why did I feel this way? You know what happened? you know what was my part in this, and then looking is just something that I do often, and you know taking feedback from your support system is very important um to that as well because who better than to give you feedback about something that you may have done or be walking into other than the people who know you the best?
2: Hmm. Yeah. How okay. about you?
0: I definitely agree with you there. I think that it is important to pay attention to what, who you want to be. And what you're trying to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can, if we kind of use this top-down idea of, okay, here's the goal, here's the person that I want to be, and then Mm -hmm. start looking at, okay, so what do I need to do to get there? Or starting from the other way, which looks at, what are my values? And how am I embodying those values? If I'm not embodying them, how can I start embodying those values? If mm-hmm. I am, how can I keep that up? I think those are some really important concepts to really help you recognize if there's some need for self-improvement. Because if something feels off or you feel a bit um, just kind of disheveled with or just mm-hmm. uncomfortable with who you are at the time, it's mm-hmm. important to look at what is making you uncomfortable. And the way you get to that is looking at what is my value dilemma? What value is not aligned right now for me mm-hmm. and what's not being fulfilled?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, our earth lesson for this week, y'all, is grace is simply a moment to remind yourself that you are doing your best and that will always be enough. Respectfully, a Melanated Therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at respectfully mt. And send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all.
0: Respectfully.
1: Respectfully. Respectfully.
0: Respectfully. Respectfully. A Melanated Therapist.